Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Inside the Game of Politics with Pat McCrory is presented by Felix Savatis Mercedes-Benz of South Charlotte, Charlotte's premier Mercedes-Benz dealer and the Carolinas' number one volume sales leader. Over 300 new and 200 pre-owned vehicles always available. Visit mbcharlotte.com. Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, Monday at 9, 8 central on CBS. Yeah, it's, it's great that you're standing beside Michael Jordan, and that's a legendary picture, but you uh, are a spitting image of an early Tom Cruise in this picture. <laughs> like a risky business era Tom Cruise. Help me, Tom Cruise! Tom Cruise used a witchcraft on me to get the fire off me! Get ready for the fastest two hours on radio. I feel the need, the need for speed. We plan to communicate this proactively in a culturally competent manner. Time to play the game! See, I told you this in the past, Bo Thompson. A kitchen table dialogue. 14 years as Charlotte Mayor. I've taught you everything you know, but I haven't taught you everything I know. Four years as NC Governor. It's good to be with you on the Bo Thompson Show. Oh, you take that cheap shot. Do you have a name that we can call Bill Graham before we leave? Yes, genius. (laughs) WBT presents. Good morning, Pat. It is a beautiful day in Charlotte. The Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson. I just wanted to say how much I appreciate your show. I've been listening to it since it started. It's the best decision WBT ever made. You are freaking hilarious. Culturally competent information through the lens of health equity. Driven by Felix Sabatis, Mercedes-Benz of South Charlotte. So you say this was it's one of the things you remember about debating and being part of debates is waiting for the thing to start. Yeah, especially with about two hours to go because you've got to even decide. Um, the candidates right now are trying to decide what time do I get to the studio in Cleveland? When do I get there? And when I get there, what do I do? Do I go check the stage out? And they probably will. Do I sit in a room by myself? Do I sit in a room watching TV? Do I sit in a room with advisors? Do I sit in a room with family or all of the above? Do I take a nap and make sure I'm rested? I mean, these are things that I know they sound petty, but they can make a difference as to whether or not you win a debate or you do poorly in a debate. And when I debated Beverly Purdue, Walter Dalton, and uh, Roy um, Cooper, Cooper, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
determined. I, I probably debated each of them three times. So, you know, that's nine debates right there for governor. I, I can't tell you how many times I've debated mayor. But the governor thing was a different level. And then then you then you find out certain things. Then, then you walk out and you're surprised by certain things. Like when I was debating Beverly Purdue, who was about five feet two, um, you know, I looked at the size of the podium, how far the podiums were apart, and we were standing up in our first debate. And so we were introduced, we walk out, and next thing I know, someone puts a, uh, a step up yeah. behind the podium for Beverly Purdue. Stack some phone books on top of each other? It might as well be. And the next thing I knew, Beverly Purdue was like six inches taller than I was. And I'm like going, well, wait a minute. No one discussed that we can all of a sudden change the height of the podium because that's what she basically did. And next thing I know, Beverly Purdue's towering over me in this debate. She's a very small woman. And uh, I remember just going, what the heck happened here? You know, my staff slipped up on this. And other times, actually, I remember my mind in every one of my debates, even mayor's debate, I couldn't get Saturday Night Live out of my mind while they're, while my opponent was uh, answering questions. You know, I'm, I'm constantly thinking of that line, I'm losing to this guy or – you want to say something because some of it's such a game. I mean, it's a game by the questionnaires, the people asking the questions, where a lot of the questions are loaded. I can't believe I'm losing to this guy. Yeah, and you just you just want to say something like, you know, this is a bunch of this is a bunch of BS. This whole debate, because you know, in one minute, discuss how you're going to solve the budget problem in North Carolina, rebuild the economy of the United States of America. You have 60 seconds. And then, or the first guy gets 60 seconds, or woman gets 60 seconds, and you have 30 seconds to respond. So think, it's a game of sound bites. I think a lot of people would uh, want to know the answer to the question, how much do you usually know of the questions that are coming ahead of time? You know the subjects. And tonight, the, there are six major subjects, I think, in mm-hmm. this debate. But, you know, you can take it anywhere you want. And you'll see the candidates tonight pivot, no matter how loaded the question is or the attack. And the question is, you're gonna the only skill you're gonna see tonight who gets to pivot to uh, direct the narrative to their to to their side of the field, and who's gonna be on the defensive and who's gonna be on the offensive. By the way, ninety percent of this has nothing to do with the qualities of president of the United States. It's kind of like a job interview. We put too much emphasis on a job interview. This is a job interview, and it can be t- determined by the opening statement and the closing statement. Determined. determined. And that's another major thing. You kind of practice your opening closing statement and closing statement. I'll tell you, when we come back, how you do that. Mm-hmm. How is President, Bush, President Trump and uh, Joe Biden practicing their opening and closing statement because frankly that can make or break a debate practice practice 813 on wbt debate what debate, a game. more debate and Coming we're all going to be there to watch the game ah uh, the game i have as much experience in the congress as jack kennedy did when he sought the presidency i will be prepared 
to deal with the people in the Bush administration if that unfortunate event would ever occur. Senator Benson? Senator, I served with Jack Kennedy. I knew Jack Kennedy. Jack Kennedy was a friend of mine. Senator, you're no Jack Kennedy. So uh, that was the famous debate, vice presidential debate, which really had no impact on that election between Lloyd Benson of Texas and Dan Quayle, a young senator from Indiana who was picked out of the blue. 1988. And he looked like he had deer and had headlights. I met him several times, a nice guy, but he was in over his head at that point in time. I think Bush made a, a strategic mistake that ended up not costing him, but... It impacted Quayle. He was never a serious contender for president after eight years as vice president, probably because of that one line in which by the time, at the time that Lloyd Benson delivered that well-practiced line, Dan Quayle was not even looking at him. And uh, that's even a technique you have to determine in a debate. Do you look at the individual while they're talking to you or do you do something like take notes or look at the moderator? Or as George Bush one time, the first George Bush, did look at his watch. <laughs> and those slight moments in this ADD media environment can cost you a presidential election because the media will replay it over and over again, no matter how much the debate uh, went. So that line from 1988, mm-hmm. arguably, arguably the most famous debate line in history. There are others. A that vice you, presidential debate. But too. I mean, I, yeah. I, I would argue any. Yeah, it's pretty famous, but it meant nothing. So if that were a presidential debate, that probably made a difference in the presidential debate. But you got to remember, those weren't the people running for president. So the question, or one of them is, and you alluded to this uh, heading into the break, but that is one of the most famous lines from any debate in history. Uh, whether it's the most famous, that's you know that's an argument for an entire show. But my question for you is, do you think that tonight will generate an infamous line like that? They will each try. Yeah. And you got little political consultants whispering in their ear in meetings, debating which lines, and they're trying to figure out... How do I give how do I give this line to Donald Trump or how do I give this line to Joe Biden? And the other issue about the line is if you get a line from somebody, is it you? Or is it so obvious that it's a line from someone else that it doesn't fit your personality? So doing a line is very dangerous because if it's really not you or your character and it's obvious that you're delivering a prepackaged line, it can backfire big time. In fact, whenever I had a line delivered toward me that was obvious, I'd go, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd lay, that was a nice line. Did you practice that? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'd throw it right back on their face. You, you know, so, so you put them on the defensive about their line. Mm-hmm. Some people then deliver a line that's just off the cuff. But tell you the truth. Most debates are a rehash of your stump speech. The stump speech in living rooms that you've given over and over again during fundraiser, a stump speech you've given in the Rotary Clubs or, or the Republican or Democratic dinners that, that you've repeated over and over again. You really saw this in the group debates with Kamala Harris and, 
on the Republican debates, you could tell they had delivered these lines many, many, many times before. Well, you and point- you know what works, by the way, when when you're in a living room giving a stump speech, you know what lines work after a couple weeks and which lines just don't work where people are looking at you going, did he really say that? <laughs> well, watching the debates you're speaking of mm-hmm. earlier this year and late last year, the, mm-hmm. the primary debates, uh, you know, that line from Kamala Harris, I was that little girl. Yeah. That was the one she intended on delivering. And I, I think uh, you would agree with me that she she delivered it, effe- it effectively in that same debate. I think Joe Biden tried several of those and missed on them. I think Joe is very prone to miss on those delivered lines, and he's got to be careful of that. Well, that's because he's not given a lot of stump speeches. And the stump speeches he's given are on teleprompter. And you can't practice on a teleprompter in a debate. Uh, You practice in, frankly, a living room (laughs) with 30 or 40 people. And because those are the people that are five feet from your face, and you're delivering a line, and you can look at the uh, the male men and women in a room and how they're responding you can tell whether certain themes work or certain lines work and then your staff is observing the room more than they're observing you i want to ask you the question when we come back do you ever remember of a line that you tried to deliver and it backfired on you or and do you remember lines that you delivered in your debates where you said yeah i got that one uh-huh hang uh, on uh. well i might give you some examples of some lines tonight that may work and may backfire for each candidate. If I were a consultant right now, I can just hear these consultants who, by the way, have never been in a debate themselves. (laughs) That's what kills you about all these people are giving you advice and go, really? Have you ever done this? (laughs) Especially if they're 28 years old. You're going, really? You're giving me advice? You ought to say this, man. But I did stay in a Holiday Inn Express last night. The people in my neighborhood, they get it. They get it, and they know they've been getting the short end of the stick. So walk with me in my neighborhood. Go back to my old neighborhood in Claymont, an old steel town, or go up to Scranton with me. These people know the middle class has gotten the short end. The wealthy have done very well. Corporate America has been rewarded some time. We change it. Barack Obama will change it. Governor. I say it ain't so, Joe. There you go again, pointing backwards again, though. You prefaced your whole (laughs) comment with the Bush administration. Now, doggone it, let's look ahead and tell Americans what we have to plan to do for them in the future. 19, or rather 2008, Sarah Palin and a 12 years younger Joe Biden debating in the vice presidential round that year. And of course now Joe takes center stage tonight as the presidential candidate. And we're talking about debates with a guy who's been part of many debates, the governor and, you know, uh, lines. We were talking about that mm-hmm. heading into mm-hmm. the news, the, the line, deliver the money line. Some candidates uh, get it done. Sometimes it seems like it's off the cuff. Sometimes it seems like it's over rehearsed and not very well delivered. But the line and the art of delivering said line and making it look like it's not something you have been going over in your head. It's a tough, uh, tough road to hoe there. Well, some of Joe Biden's lines are well rehearsed. They're already in his commercials. He, he has said it over and over again. And he'll preface all his lines by one word, listen. He loves to repeat the word listen. Sometimes listen, man. And he will repeat lines over and over again that I predict tonight. America deserves better than Donald Trump. Deserves better. Um, All the Democrats are using that line. 
you see it at the governor's race, which Roy Cooper used against me. When you're the incumbent, you're on your you're on your heels, and he's going to try to make Donald Trump all about Donald Trump, the incumbent. He's going to use the word I think embarrassment. You've embarrassed our country, not only home but abroad. You've embarrassed our country. He's looking for that line that can be repeated on the evening news. And remember, there's a double screen. By the way, that's a question I always ask before my debates. Will the camera be on me while the other person is delivering their attack toward me? And if that's the case, that changes your whole process of whether you're taking notes, whether you're looking at the camera, whether you're looking at them, because that's you've got to recognize you're on the camera because it's the shot of the other person that makes the evening news and the Internet now. And a perfect example of that was the year 2000 where Al Gore kept shaking his head, yes. kind of rolling his eyes at George W. Bush. Yes. So sometimes it's the appearance. In fact, the appearance is 50% of the game. John Kennedy on a radio debate against Richard Nixon, if you listen to him on the radio, Richard Nixon won. If you watch it on TV, Kennedy won because Nixon was sweating and his makeup was bad and and he looked uncomfortable, but he was delivering fine. And Kennedy looked cool, calm, and collect. He was a stud. Women liked him. Men liked him on TV. So the lines, uh, by the way, the lines for him constantly, me and Brock. He will mention me and Brock. He loves to say me and Brock. Or Brock and me, but it's usually me and Brock. Uh, we must put country above party. That's a line that the Democrats are using all over the nation right now. It's a Dan McCready line. I know it's not a big hit. Oh, they've been using it now for four years. Mm-hmm. It's it's well rehearsed and surveyed. Some of these lines, by the way, have even been surveyed on which lines work with the meters. <laughs> I mean, it's just unbelievable. Uh, Joe's going to try to be the common man. He's going to go back to his roots in Pennsylvania. And both 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 candidates will mention the swing states, North Carolina, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. They'll mention the states that make a difference in this election. They're not going to talk about California. <laughs> it's done. New York's done. Now, Trump might say, do you want to be California? Because that's what you're going to get with Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. And it'll be interesting if he mentions Kamala's name first. Because they've done surveys on what works and what doesn't work. By the way, he'll also mention his son in Iraq. He'll, Joe Biden likes to tell stories about his son and his loss and his the car wreck, the tragedies that he's went through. And he'll tell the story. And by that time, the minute will be up, and people will forget what the question was. Meanwhile, Trump will talk about Biden's other son. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, one line that I'm wondering what would work, because this is the line that where you try to go, okay, <laughs> well, this is the line repeated, which is high risk. I can hear consultants right now telling Joe Biden to use two words. Mr. President, there are two words the American people want to say to you. You're fired. And they will have the camera on Donald Trump. You know, that's the kind of line. Use a line that 
the other person is used against you or used that they're famous for and use it against them. Donald Trump is accused of being a liar, right, constantly. And Joe Biden has called him out as a liar and embarrassment. He ought to use that against Joe Biden. Joe Biden, as you've been a part of Washington for 45 years, and during those 45 years, you've lied to the American people. You even lied about your college education. You lied about your grades. You lied about Iraq. You lied about China. And just yesterday, you lied about attending Delaware State University, a historically black university. That's an insult to the graduates of those universities. You lied. In other words, use their strength then as the weakness. That's another technique you use in a debate. You're fired. You lied. (laughs) How's that for recommendations? But again, whether you can deliver it and whether it comes natural to you and whether it's the right time to use. So when we come back, I'm going to talk about the attributes that you're looking for in a debate. Just like the same attributes you look for in an interview. And we put way too much emphasis on a, I'm an old recruitment manager at Duke Power. And I always told my people, don't put so much emphasis on an interview, especially if you're interviewing for an engineer. You're not really looking for great communication skills in some, you know, or certain jobs. I like this guy. By the way, the main thing is, do you like this person? I will uh, continue <laughs> interviewing uh, Governor Pat McCrory when we come back from the break. You're fired. 844. <laughs> you, you lie. <laughs> Mr. President, I want to raise an issue that I think has been lurking out there for two or three weeks and cast it specifically in national security terms. You already are the oldest president in history, and some of your staff say you were tired after your most recent encounter with Mr. Mr. Mondale. Um, I recall yet that President Kennedy had to go for days on end with very little sleep during the Cuba Missile Crisis. Is there any doubt in your mind that you would be able to function in such circumstances? Not at all. Mr. Truitt, and I, and I want you to know that also I will not make age an issue of this campaign. I am not going to exploit for political purposes my opponent's youth and inexperience. <laughs> One of Ronald Reagan's great strengths was humor. He, he deflected a very apparent attack toward his age, which, by the way, <laughs> he was younger when he left office than Joe Biden would be when he's coming into office. But he deflected that so well. And by the way, if you ever look at the two-shot, Mondale's laughing. And so is the moderator. And so is the moderator. By the way, the moderator asked a rather loaded question. He gave an example, which I think in that question, the moderator made himself part of the debate, but even Reagan deflected and ignored that. And that's going to be interesting if Donald Trump and Joe Biden can ignore the loaded question and deflect. You know, that. The definition of politics is deflection. (laughs) Deflect to something else that you want to talk about. And the disadvantage Trump's going to be out is he's going to be the incumbent on his heels defending the main thing he's going to have to deflect is the virus. He better have his lines down about what the virus is and then move on. Don't keep responding to Biden's attack. Say it in one line. Joe, you're wrong. We've saved hundreds of thousands of lives. 
you would have cost us 100,000 lives because of your relationship with China and then just go off into China, even though the debate's not even about foreign affairs tonight. Just change the daggum subject because he, he can't win if the whole debate's about the virus. The media and the Democrats want at least 30 to 40 percent of this debate to be about the virus. And Biden will talk about the doctors. You don't listen to the doctors. I'm listening to science. You make it political. While he's making it political, he's going to sound like the one who's non-political. Yeah, you're going to hear the line about you should have listened to the scientists and the data and the doctors and you refused to. You killed people, Mr. President. It's so sad, so shameful. The president's got to be ready for the virus more than anything else. So, um, you know, it makes me think about what are the traits we're looking for tonight? And I'm speaking as a political scientist, not as a partisan hack. So what are we looking for? First of all, I hate to say it, but a lot of people are going to be looking just at the appearance. How does the person look? Their posture, their age, their confidence, whether they look tired or not, how their hair looks. I'm telling you right now, it's a sad state of affairs, but that's how we measure a lot of people in interviews. The first appearance when someone, when I used to interview college students and senior people for Duke Energy, sadly, I'd go, don't go on the first appearance. You know, think about your old dating game. Just because she's pretty, (laughs) you know, then you find out other things or vice versa. Um, So appearance, sadly... How did they look? You know, all the CNN commentators, well, he looked shaky. He looked not confident. He looked, uh, you know, unshaven. I mean, they'll, they'll look at every poor. By the way, they'll pick on looks on men more than the women. But how much thought did you give to that when you were the guy debating? I didn't give it a lot of thought. The people around me gave it a lot of thought. They'd go, that tie's terrible. That suit. Do not wear a light suit. Why are you wearing that tie with patterns? Why are you wearing a striped shirt? Do not wear pinstripes. I mean, all these people are, Governor, what are you doing? Why You you wore that suit? Do you have another suit in your car? You know, And you really listen to the women who are your advisors in that. That's why it's good to have some diversity around your staff on how people will look. Because I'm just, you know, I, I've never put much on appearance, as you can tell, as <laughs> the coat I'm wearing right now. So, but I'm telling you right now, how you look. I'll never forget my wife and I one time, when I was running for city council, I had a sign next to me at the election day. And Pat McCrory, safe and affordable community, vote for him. And had my picture, and some woman came up and said, I really like your picture. And I went... Well, do you want to hear about the issues? <laughs> and my wife hit me with her elbow and said, shut up. You got her vote. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you right now, a lot of people are voting on, is that the person I want to look like president? It's a, it's a, it's a fact of life. Now, We're all, you know, everyone's talking about racism and sexism. Our biggest bias <laughs> is how we look and dress and how neat we look or how sloppy we look. Well, don't forget whether you, you're unshaven like Bo Thompson don't is. Don't forget how you sound. Yeah, and I'll talk about the other attributes coming up. And then we want to hear from you. 
In fact, if the calls really come in good, I would. What should be the lines that should be delivered by Joe Biden? Be bipartisan here, Joe Biden and Donald Trump. What would be your line? I, I came up with one for Joe Biden. You're fired. Mm-hmm. What would be your line if you were the million dollar consultant to one of these candidates? Sadly, one of the major consultants for Donald Trump tried to commit suicide the other day. Far scale. Sad. Very sad. There's a lot of pressure on these people. And they sometimes put too much pressure on the candidate. So what are your lines right here on the Pat McCrory 704-374-3800? You're fired. You lie. (laughs) First comes spring and summer. Pat McCrory is my friend. Thank you. But then we have fall and winter. 14 years as Charlotte Mayor. Thanks, Governor. Thanks for having me. And this, this actually all started under your leadership with uh, this brainstorming of what are all the pieces we can put together. Four years as NC governor. You see, I'm one of the only radio people in the country who've been in the corporate suites, who've been in the governor's suite, who've been in the mayor's suite. Behind the scenes conversations. Who's been in the Oval Office. Hey, Pat, it's Donald, and I've been watching you all morning, actually, and you're doing phenomenally well. No talking points. If I can help at all, just let me know. Give me a call. I always do right. WBT presents. And then we get the Pat McCrory show with Bo Thompson. Spring and summer again. What did that mean? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't either. Well, Mr. Garner, I must admit that is one of the most refreshing and optimistic statements I've heard in a very, very long time. Governor Reagan again, typically, is against such a proposal. Governor, <laughs> now you go again. Here we go again. Hour number two. Pat McCrory show on debate day. Tonight at 9 o'clock, you can hear the debate. Actually, you can tune in an hour early with Brett Winterbull at 8 o'clock, the pregame show. But round one for Biden and Trump is finally here, Governor. Yeah, it's going to be interesting from a negative standpoint. What are the two or three objectives of each candidate? And I think one of the objectives of Joe Biden will be to shame Donald Trump. Shame him on what taxes he did or did not pay, which just happened to come out in a news story yesterday in New York Times, which in follow-up stories is a lot of BS. Uh, Shame. I think Trump's major goal may be to embarrass or confuse Joe Biden. Get him confused. See, they're trying to fit the narratives of Joe Biden's a good guy in one respect. But the other respect, is he confused? Does he have the capability to be president because of his age? Um, so what are, the at, what are the attributes that we're looking for when watching this debate? How will the media portray it? First of all, I've already said the media will look at appearance. Especially, I'm going to sound sexist because I probably am on both sides. I'm, I have biases just like we all have. Women tend to focus more on appearance with politicians. I hate to say it, but it's true. Not all women, not all monolithic, but women, appearance is very important to them. I'm not saying good looks or bad looks. I'm saying appearance. Do they have the appearance of confidence? Do they have the appearance of leadership? Do they have the appearance of uh, someone who's healthy? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Do you think that President Trump will 
be overly critical or, or talk more about Kamala Harris tonight than he normally would because by bringing to, to light the fact that Joe Biden may be shaky, it may, you know, people may start thinking about who would replace him if he is deemed unfit for office? I'd come, I'd bring up California. Yeah. Well, I don't want our country to become California. <laughs> look at the homeless. Look at this. Look at that. that I, that's not the country we deserve. And that's, that's, it really started under, I'd make him be defensive about uh, Joe Biden being an incumbent instead of him being an incumbent. He'll try to make Joe Biden be the incumbent because of him being vice president. Look what you did. You took the doctors away. You created homelessness, crime, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, I would look for things. You know, you, you were in wars. I've got us out of wars. Make him defend his record as vice president and as a U.S. senator. I'd pull, I'd pull out some of those controversial bills. If I were uh, Donald Trump, by the way, I would also do this. I would try to seek the African-American vote where Biden might say, you have failed our country, you have embarrassed our country. I would say, coming back, you have failed the African-American voter and took them for granted. While, While their murder rate's high, while their poverty is high, I've come to help those who needed help more than anyone else, and I I helped them. I didn't just talk the game and take them for granted, but I wanted to help the African-American vote. In other words, the Democrats usually talk about identity politics and bring up all the different identities, you know, Hispanic, Latino, LGBTQ, white, black, rich, poor. Trump could come right back and use identity politics against Joe Biden. Don't you think Which so? would be another... A surprise. Again, I'm I'm kind of throwing out those ideas, surprise them. Put them on their heels about what they thought their strength was. Don't you think Joe Biden would turn around and say, have you looked at my running mate? It's an African-American female. Yeah, that's that's the danger in all of this. And he'd probably go, uh, <laughs> he'd probably, well, part Asian, Indian, Jamaican, and, you know, who knows? Uh, you know, it's risky. It's it's ri- But, see, there's he having to defend himself. Make them defend your attacks. But it's a fine line on attacks. And the other issues, who's going to talk about issues? And so the, the, the things we're looking for is who's, who's got the good appearance, who is, uh, who is confused, who is confidence, who shows empathy, who's mean, who is knowledgeable, who's cool, who's, who's calm, cool, and collected. Who asked for their vote? You know, by the way, a lot of candidates forget to say at the end of a debate, I I ask for your vote. I ask for your confidence. For our nation. Who talks bigger than themselves? I think that's what Biden will try to do, and that's what Trump needs to do. Not make it about him. You asked the question uh, right at the end of last hour, and we've already gotten a lot of response about it, and we'd love to hear... Uh, your thoughts on it as well. It's yeah, so- we might uh, extend the big finish if we continue to get such good calls. But they've got to be, tell me what you would do. You said, tell me the line that each candidate tell should use Tell me the line tonight. that you should use or the issue that you would emphasize. What's your closing debate? What's your opening? And I'm not sure they're going to do openings or closes, but that is something a candidate better have and not even think about. 
it's like a script, man. You, you, it's got to come from the heart, and you better have – that's the kind of thing that Joe Biden might be weak on right now because he's out of practice in talking to people without a teleprompter. Word is there will not be opening statements tonight. Hmm. That's, that's the latest, but I assume that could probably change. Admiral Stockdale, your opening statement, please, sir. Who am I? Why am I here? <laughs> I'm not a politician. Everybody knows that. So don't expect me to use the language of the Washington Insider. 37 years in the Navy, and only one of them up there in Washington. And now I'm an academic. 1992, vice presidential debate where you had uh, the running mate of Ross Perot introducing himself to the world, Admiral James Stockdale. As we remember, debates passed on night number one of debates for 2020, and you know, uh, as we look at the uh, the rules for tonight and things we know heading into this, no pre-debate handshake, Governor. Uh, candidates will have to social distance. They won't wear masks. There will be a limited audience, and there will not be a spin room that we're used to seeing with the the gaggle of media after it's over. It'll be interesting if the uh, audience is allowed to respond verbally, clapping or otherwise. I do not know, but that can make a difference, too. And if there is an audience... The question is, you know, each candidate was probably given half the tickets and uh, who got those tickets. And so, you know, those are little issues that the campaign better have their act together before a debate on uh, the format, the questions. And they must have agreed to the four or five areas because it looks like the major issues that will come up tonight. And this is a very quick debate. This this is not going to be a long period of time, although the good news is there are no commercials. 90 minutes, no commercial breaks, six 15-minute segments. Uh, Trump and Biden records will be number one. Supreme Court, coronavirus, economy, race and violence in America, and the final one will be integrity of the election. So let's go over each one of those. The economy is where... Uh, President Trump is the highest ratings regarding issues. He ought to just keep pounding the economy. And and Biden's going to go, you're building on my economy, Brock and my economy. You didn't do any. We did better than you. We handed it to you. Uh, he's going to have to say, talk about taxes, high taxes, wanting to tax people. And then he's going to meet, Trump's going to be immediately put on the defense because uh, Wallace, the the uh, narr- the commentator, uh, the facilitator, uh, <clears throat> the debate moderator, whatever you call it, is going to – they always like to go to a current event. And the most current event is yesterday, uh, Mr. Trump, the New York Times reported that you only paid whatever. So that's almost a debate question, putting Trump on his heels. Trump better have a daggum good answer. And then defer it, go on the attack on back to uh, Biden. Biden very quickly. Do not dwell on it. Go on the attack very quickly. But that may be the very first question regarding the New York Times article, because they always do that, <laughs> which is kind of ironic. You're talking about four years. Um, Health care is going to be an emphasis that... Uh, Biden will focus on. He's going to keep bringing up health care, that this guy is taking away your health care. And he's probably going to bring up Social Security and everything else to, to scare the uh, older voter who will vote in record numbers. 
So uh, it'll be interesting the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And this is where I think Trump ought to be talking about his nominee. Don't talk about the Supreme Court. Talk about her. Sell her as though you're talking to women who are voting. And talk about the qualified woman that you're recommending for the Supreme Court and how Joe Biden and the Democrats are attacking this woman. And they ought to apologize for And not only attacking her, but they're attacking her religion and Catholics throughout this country. See how you... I remember Al Gore one time was the best. He said, I'm not going to get it negative today. I refuse to call my candidate for what he is, a scumbag, a liar, and a cheat. But I'm not going to go down that road. <laughs> so you deny you're being negative while attacking. It's going to be 90 minutes is going to go so quick. The moderator's role is going to be very interesting. If the moderator says anything like, you're not answering my question, or interrupts them, the moderator becomes part of the debate. And if if I were Trump, most likely it'll happen to Trump, Trump would go, oh, I'll be glad to debate both of you. I'm used to debating both the Democrats and the media because they're in the same side. In fact, why don't you just get on the podium with Mr. Biden? You know, that is a technique that many politicians do is attack the media. Now, one dilemma is Wallace works for Fox, Mm -hmm. although a lot of Fox viewers don't like Wallace. But the non-Fox viewers don't know the difference. But attacking the media is another technique that you might want to look for tonight. And that will most likely come from Trump, not Biden. What line do you think Biden and or Trump should deliver tonight in order to win this debate? 704-374-3800. We're asking you, our, our very intellectual listener, our brilliant listeners, if you were debating tonight, if you were debating tonight, or if you were the advisor to either Donald Trump or or Joe Biden, what would you tell them to do? What would be your line? What would be your issue? What would be your temperament? These are big questions with major ramifications, which, again, I keep repeating. It's a sad ramification. This is the way we elect presidents. I wish we'd go to the Lincoln-Douglas debate where they debate for three hours with no notes and no moderator. They just debate. I think it should be a battle royal. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever Whoever throws the other over the top of the rope. They win. All right, 9.30, back to the... By the way, this is reality TV. Mm-hmm. Speaking about reality TV... <laughs> at its best or at its worst? It, we'll find out tonight. <laughs> That's right. Which might show the direction of our country. I'm glad that you recognize that Al-Qaeda is a threat. Because a few months ago, when you were asked what's the biggest geopolitical threat facing America, you said Russia. Not Al-Qaeda. You said Russia. In the 1980s or now calling to ask for their foreign policy back because, you know, the Cold War's been over for 20 years. 2012, Romney versus Obama. You know, uh, there aren't really any memorable, correct me if I'm wrong, but when I think back, uh, the Bill Clinton era, the Barack Obama era, not really known for debate moments during those those uh, The Bill Clinton era, probably most famous debate moment was the visual debate moment with... Uh, George Bush looking at his looking watch. Looking at his watch, yeah. And this is the problem with an incumbent, and it happened to me. 
the incumbents used to being treated with some respect, and all of a sudden, the first thing that comes out of the opponent's mouth is, you have disappointed America. You have done this. You have done that. And they're going, what? Now, the good news is Trump's used to that. But for most incumbents, that's kind of a shocking thing to be put on your heels because they're used to being treated as president and with a certain amount of dignity. But that's all out the window with Trump because of both what he says and does and how the media treats them and the bias of the media. Let me ask you a question. uh, It's going to be interesting how the media also treats Biden in this debate. Well, you were uh, talking about Chris Wallace heading into our last break. And Chris mm-hmm. Wallace, as you has, have you said, works for Fox. President Trump, one of the themes of his first term and the first campaign, and obviously this campaign, has been his battle with the media. I mean, the, the fake news man- mantra that he has. And one of his, you know, I would say is one of his most uh, contentious interviews of this year was with Chris Wallace on Fox. I wonder tonight, and do you think, Governor, tonight, that President Trump is going to engage Chris Wallace and basically say, you didn't treat me fairly, and is is it going to be confrontational between Trump and Wallace, not just Trump and Biden tonight? If Wallace asks a loaded question, like referring to the New York Times, yeah, he could attack attack Wallace. And the question is, will Wallace then return fire and debate the candidate? That often happens in group debates. Uh, Ross Perot did some of that, by the way, which really determined the election. Most people thought, you know, Clinton, Bush, Perot were in the same debate. None of them got 50% of the vote. Mm -hmm. We don't have a third candidate, which is, again, quite unique. So, um, you know, the other major thing as we go out, and I might want to start taking a few calls early here because we're getting some good calls, and we want you to call. Find out what what would you say and do. 704-374-3800. I really want to hear from other people. Um, But I think the other thing, and I know this sounds corny, but it's true. Which president's going to talk about the future tonight and have a vision on how they want America to look? Now, Donald Trump has always said, they each have their phrases, make America great again, again. And, And Biden's is... We can do better something, something, something. I forget what it is. See, we even don't know what it is. Was it build back better? <clears throat> but that? someone's got to say, if you reelect me, this is what I want America to be. You know, a strong economy, not in the Middle East, not fighting wars. This is where Trump could be very, very strong, by the way, is show that he's looking to the future for the next generation. And they're all going to be talking to the soccer moms. They're all going to be talking to soccer moms because uh, that's who, if anyone's sitting on the fence, that's who's sitting on the fence. There is a gender gap. Men are leaning toward Trump based upon his strength and his no filter and saying it the way it is. And women are leaning toward Biden because they don't like Trump's attitude. And right now the election is Trump or anybody. Can Trump make this Trump and Biden a choice? <clears throat> it's going to be very, very interesting. Let's hear from a couple of our viewers. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> our right. Viewers, let me, listeners. Let me fire it up here. Here we go. Good morning, guys. 
since both candidates are old men, I think they need to bring some youth into the debate. So the line that I think either one of them could use is, I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> I said that. <laughs> I said that earlier. Wow. Pee Wee Herman. Hey, good morning, uh, Governor and Bo. I would, if I was Trump, I'd wait for Biden to attack him on taxes and then say, did you learn that at uh, Delaware State in your S-Corp class, or where'd you come up with that? It's not bad. And it's going to be interesting how much they follow the rules. Will Trump interrupt Biden or vice versa during the middle of their debate? And then what role will the moderator, Mike, moderator uh, Wallace, I keep saying Mike Wallace, I, I grew up with his dad, Chris, um, Chris, Chris Wallace. Wallace. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's going to be interesting how much the moderator, there's one moderator, not two or three, which allows him to play a central role in this thing. Good morning, Pat and Bo. Appreciate you guys so much. Your show's wonderful every day. Anyway, Harris got a one parent that's from India and another one that's from Jamaica. Now, maybe I've got some incorrect information, but I don't see how that equates to African-American. Just throwing that out there for some clarification. Thank you. Have a lovely day. Who's the guy from California that, let's see, Wall Street Journal. Oh, I just got it. I got a note from him. Uh, he talks about what words to use. Frank Luntz. Frank Luntz always talks about, for example, Frank Luntz says right now, law and order is not surveying well, especially among women. And Trump keeps talking about law and order and mm-hmm. safety and the riots and so forth. He says he ought to use public safety, the word public safety. He said, it's just amazing how certain words create different reactions. They're, they're running like an advertising campaign, and every word matters. Again, it's a sad commentary on how we select leadership in this country, but it's true. You know what uh, Luntz it's, it's, is famous for? He's the, he's the first guy you saw appear when they started using the little buttons where mm-hmm, you would hit. Mm-hmm. He's made a lot of money doing it. I've, yeah. I've spent some time with Frank, and uh, I know him very, very well. He wanted me to hire him. <laughs> I couldn't afford him. I couldn't afford him. Maybe I should have hired him. But all these words are tested. In every commercial you're seeing right now, Cal Cunningham and Tom Tillis and the Senate race in South Carolina, every word is tested. In fact, I look forward to the upcoming weeks. We're going to do a lot more uh, review of line by line in the coming week on these advertisements. Every word is tested. You're being manipulated. I hate to break the news to you. Not just on everyday products. By the way, I just saw some medicine last night. You know, a medicine that, you know, they still are selling medicines that cure everything. (laughs) And I want to go, I'm dialing that number. It's two for one tonight. (laughs) We are back and we are in the middle of the big finish. We had so many calls today. We had to start early. 704-374-3800. Well, the biggest TV event maybe in U.S. history is tonight where everyone will be watching the same thing because it's on all the major networks and all the cable. Four major cable, four major networks. I don't think we've seen anything like this since the Beatles in 63 on the Ed Sullivan Show or the final episode or MASH or JR getting shot. You know, 
now TV's so split up. Tonight is the ultimate reality TV show. So I might not watch Below Deck Mediterranean tonight. <laughs> Let's hear from you. Watch it afterwards. Thank you, Governor Pat. Could the white elephant in the room tonight be the um, mental capacity for four years of Joe Biden? I uh, hadn't heard that talked about. Uh, it's it's certainly going to come up and could even be tomorrow's big headline. If someone uh, would ask him, is he under a doctor's care? Thank you, Mayor Pat. Or the, the danger is he does just fine for an hour and a half, and therefore he... Uh, is above all the expectations of the people who says he's uh, not fit for president. In fact, the low expectations for Joe Biden are going to help Joe Biden in the after reports if if he just does does average and doesn't get confused or interrupt himself. His biggest danger is he interrupts himself constantly. Will he do that tonight? We don't know. Come on, man. Good morning, guys. If I were Trump, I'd ask Biden, have you checked into the pasture lands in Maryland and Delaware in case you lose? Hmm. I probably wouldn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm concerned about uh, Governor King Hooper Hooper, uh, taking it into his own hands to change our voting rules. They said he had uh, lent them the time to vote. And let anything be in vote. If that's true, I'd like for you to make a day of it sometime. We talked about that some yesterday. We'll talk again uh, this week about they're going to accept ballots after Election Day for three or four days after the Election Day. Absentee ballots still have to be postmarked by Election Day. But we've never done this in North Carolina history. That's being challenged. And by the way, North Carolina about fraudulent elections, North Carolina wouldn't be a bad example for uh, Donald Trump to bring up tonight. Yes, good morning. I think that President Trump needs to say to Joe Biden, hey, Joe, what's that earbud in your ear? Someone telling you what to say so you don't flub up? (laughs) He better be truthful. One thing you can't do is make an accusation that falls flat. You're you're dead on that. My question. hmm. Go ahead. My question for Joe Biden from president would be, Joe, I've been in office for four years. My record is clear of how I've turned the country around. You've been in politics for 47. Can you give me two examples of how you have helped the American people? I think you'll hear from Donald Trump. This is a Washington insider. The 45 years over and over again, he's accomplished nothing. I'm an outsider. He's going to Donald Trump is again going to try to be the outsider in this election. Hey, Pat, I want President Trump to say that Joe Biden is left of left, left of left. And women do listen to your show. Oh, I I know women listen to my show. I, did I ever say women didn't listen no, to my show? No, that's not what you said. I never said that. I love women listen to our show. I love women. <laughs> I mean, can I say it in more clear? We love women listening to our show. They're smarter than men. This is when I say next call. My first statement to Trump would be explain to the American people that has lost loved ones to this virus why you didn't take it so seriously. And why should American people pay taxes if you don't pay taxes? 
I think those are that you're going to get that. Maybe not even said by uh, Biden, but you might get Wallace to say that. Be, you know, the questions, again, are going to be so important are the questions loaded political debate questions. When are you guys going to talk about the voter fraud that was caught on video up in Minnesota? Another video dropped last night showing ballot harvesting. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in the coming weeks. Uh, vote, I've been talking about voter harvesting for months. That's the biggest danger. And frankly, the president, no one, 99% of the public doesn't even know the term voter harvesting or ballot harvesting is another term to use. And no one gets it. But uh, we'll explain that in the coming weeks. That is the most dangerous thing in our democracy right now. Other people filling out your ballot for you under pressure. If Joe comes at Trump with that line, you're fired, I would have to come back and say, hey, I'm not the special prosecutor looking into Burisma. <laughs> yeah, Hunter Biden's going to be uh, interesting. The pressure is going to be enormous tonight. Hey, guys, when candidate Biden says the American people deserve better than you, Mr. President, President Trump's reply needs to be they do deserve better, but they definitely don't deserve you or your socialist political platform. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. I wonder if Donald Trump will say, I understand a lot of you don't like the way I do things, but I ask you to look at what I did. It's a good line right there. What I did and what I'll continue to do for this country. You may not like me, but you got to like my policies, and that's what we're voting for. Just had an email from Ed. He says Trump's response to Biden saying you're fired should be millions of Americans will be fired by your policies. Millions of people were fired while you were a senator and vice president, and their jobs were moved to China. I wanted to say, gee, your hair smells terrific, but I forgot that wasn't two words. <laughs> oh, will there be hair hair, on, hair jokes tonight? Of course, Biden, most people forget, you know, everyone talks about Trump's hair. Biden had a hair transplant back when he was in his 40s. Plugs. <laughs> and they showed for a long, long time. If I was Trump, I'd walk up to Biden and say, remember six months ago you said you'd like to take me out back? Well, now's your chance, big boy. You know, Biden would just pass out and fall to the floor. Come on, man. Boy. Pressure. Hey, uh, Mr. Trump, I'm not Sleepy Joe. You can call me Smoking Joe. Thank you. Tomorrow we'll find out. We'll give our analysis tomorrow, or you can hear it tonight on WBT Radio. Right after the debate, listen to Bo Thompson and all his experts, and listen to me tomorrow morning on the fastest-growing radio show in the Carolinas. Actually, it's Brett Winterbull tonight. i got to get some sleep. Brett Winterfield. Yes. <laughs> or Bull. <laughs> this is going to be my problem with the debates. What was his name again? Yes. How do you pronounce that? WBT. That's what you need to know. Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. 
Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull. Monday at 9, 8 central on CBS.